Shio, Shio, hello everybody. Hope you are staying safe out there, wearing your masks, social distancing, all that good stuff, and just, you know, avoiding that Rona and staying healthy and taking care of yourselves. I um, can't believe we are over halfway through 2020, what a year it has been, and um, honestly, it's been the past week or so has been a really good one for um, Indian country. We've had some really great news from the Supreme Court all the way to the Washington football team, things I would never thought I'd see the day to see, and it's um, some good some good feelings around that while our world kind of burns down in the background. But um, but seriously, I do I um, I hope you're all staying safe um, mentally. Um, you know, taking care of yourself. And it is kind of a crazy time. Obviously, we all talk about it being unprecedented and never before seen. And, um, you know, we are moving towards a, a new, a new normal, if I can hit all the cliches in one, in one swoop here. But, um, but I, I'm here because oh, we have a really great episode, a really great discussion with Miss Shailene Joseph. Um, someone who is just a rock star in the native wellness space. And I actually uh, got to meet her, uh, gosh, almost 10 years ago when I started working at N7. And her and her mom, who are amazing and do such amazing work, her entire family, um, just helping the indigenous community really um, fulfill their potential and um, heal and thrive. And she, uh, so she works now with Native Wellness Institute, kind of based out there in Portland, Oregon, and also a part of the Indigenous 20-something project, I-20SP, if you're looking for that. Um, in the show notes, you'll find all the links that we talk about and uh, really encourage you to check out the new Nike N7 campaign with uh, videos featuring Shailene and her um, friends, coworkers, all, all of the above, and they just really made some really great content in quarantine, which is super impressive. And um, just really, really proud of her and the work she's done and the work she can continues to do. I think um, she's going to be a, a big player in Indian country um, for years to come. So. Um, check out the conversation and I appreciate your listening. Um, appreciate all the great feedback I've been receiving and just continue to let me know um, what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. Uh, I think we'll have some interesting guests in the pipeline and um, hope to continue to just connect with you and continue to do this work and advocate for Native, Native Americans and Indian country and Indigenous peoples all around the world. So um, enjoy the episode. Take care. Hope to hear from you. So yeah, so I'm here with Shalene Joseph, and um, we go we go kind of way back in a way for uh, at least you know ten or so years now. But um, Shalene, for people who don't know you, um, can you tell us about a little bit about where you're from and kind of how you grew up? Yeah, definitely. It's been a minute. Um, yeah. Been a long time. Uh, naha, hello everyone. My name is Shalene Joseph. Um, on my mother's side, I'm from Fort Belknap, Montana, and from the Aani people, or what the government calls us, is Grovant. Um, on my dad's side, I'm Koyakon Athabaskan from Tanana, Alaska. Um, so those are the two places that I'm from. Um, super thankful to be here. Um, yeah. Did you grow up in Montana or Alaska, or did you grow up in Portland? I grew up, I was born and raised in Portland. Um, yeah. I've always gone back and forth from Montana. So I grew up yeah. um, mostly with my mom and, and her side of the family. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. 
So what was a uh, life like for you growing up in Portland? Big family, sports? Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Big family. Um, I come from a pretty massive family. So a lot of my cousins, we grew yeah. up basically as siblings um, and, you know, played a lot of a lot of basketballs, like, you know, where we grew up um, in Portland, you know, hopping on traveling teams and and just kind of, you know, living that lifestyle, but also, you know, living on the powwow trail. So mm. a lot of traveling, a lot of different places, um, which I miss so much right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. The traveling is tough. It's really tough. And just, you know, just meeting different people and having those like organic kind of meetings instead of just like social media stuff. That's so kind of like, fixed for sure um did you dance or yeah yeah and I okay still do. I, yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought you did yeah that's awesome um so and uh, was your mom always kind of doing night of wellness growing up or was that mm-hmm. fairly new yeah so growing up my mom well when I was real real young she was working at oh geez the <sighs> Portland area Indian National Health Board Ooh, there it is. And, yeah. um, and then, you know, a lot of things happened. She quit her job um, and then started the Native Wellness Institute when I was real young. So I grew up with the Native Wellness Institute, um, which I'm super thankful for. And mm-hmm. it's been a long time. This year is our um, 20th anniversary. Um, and we had all of these big things planned. And right. now here we are. <laughs> Yeah. So people who may not know what Native Wellness Institute is, how, what's your kind of like your, your quick and dirty kind of description? Um, yeah. So we're a nonprofit. We like to call ourselves a social profit. Um, mm, so we work I like with, that. Yeah. We work within indigenous communities um, here in the States, um, up in Canada. We've gone as far as New Zealand, Australia, Guam, um, doing health and wellness and healing work, um, being trauma informed, Um, you know, a lot of different, um, trainings and conferences that we do, um, while also, you know, building relationship and, and community in the places that we go. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I can't imagine kind of growing up in that environment. It must've been just so rewarding. Oh yeah, definitely. I I think it's like the Native Wellness Institute, you know, not only did I grow up in it, but it was like my foundation of like knowing that was the work I wanted to do. So, you know, mm-hmm. everything that I've done, you know, in my life has been based in NWI, based in my own community, um, like really pushing my own envelope of, you know, what more can I do for community? Um, and, you know, that's always been my focus is, you know, community driven work. And, um, and along the way, amazing people have, you know, jumped on and, and we've kind of grown together. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see kind of an intersection with sports early on or was that kind of, how did that kind of transpire as throughout your life? Yeah, definitely. When we were younger, um, you know, it wasn't that I was like a part of the star basketball team or anything, but it was more so like at a really young age, I learned that not only do I have a lot of privilege um, growing up in a healthy environment with my mom, like my parents did split when I was young, but Mm. Um, I had, you know, the privilege of growing up with my grandparents and my, the rest of my family, um, that, you know, people around me didn't. And so a lot of the people that I I would play ball with, one of our sole like intentions was just like for real, just taking care of one another. 
And, mm-hmm. and I watched my mom lead by example where we would, you know, pick up my friends and, and feed them and go to practice and then get food afterwards as well so that they could take it home. And so I learned at a young age that there's always opportunities to help someone, um, even if it's not someone who's necessarily in need, but, you know, to take care of one another is a, a foundational goal. So I think yeah, absolutely. sports, you know, is a big part of that. You know, you have a team, but not only the team you're playing with, but the p- team you're playing against, right? And, you know, all the places that you travel and the people that you interact with, you know, community is is a foundation of everything. And I think life in general is a team sport. Like, you have to know how to work alongside a lot of different people who may not even think similar um, and taking those opportunities to listen and learn and, you know, figure out what's yeah. forward. Yeah. You don't realize, I don't think when we're, when we're younger, I don't think you realize just how eye-opening sports is when you're able to go and travel and do those things. And it's, especially in the native community, right? Cause like every, all the, all the rest tournament or all the, like the, the native tournaments around the country and like your nabbies and your nayos and things like that. And the regional things you just get exposed to, um, different, different pieces of culture. Cause like me coming from the South, way different from Pacific Northwest, but like, we still have all things like our grandma still play bingo. Like we still have those like little <laughs> commonalities, you know? So yeah. it's, it's really, I think super rewarding. And I love what you mentioned too, about like taking care of each other because, um, it is so much more than just like the games and like the practices, but like the kind of lifestyle. So I, I love that you mentioned that. And like, I, I loved when you on one of the recent videos mentioned, like I wasn't like a great basketball player, but like, cause I'm like, I like people, you know, people are like, you kind of always, people always expect me to be like an all-star or something, but it's like, no, you can, you can still get a lot of value out of sport, even if you're not, you know, an all-star, like, and we were the same way in my high school, we would just play every sport because we could, and no one, no yeah. one really cared, and we weren't great, but we, we loved it, and, you know, had a good time, so that's really cool, and so did you always, like, were you always, like, I'm gonna go to college, or did you, did you have, a, like, was there any kind of, like, I'm going to stay close to home or how did, how did that work out? Yeah, it's actually really funny. Um, (laughs) My educational journey has just been one that's been, I think a surprise for not only myself, but my family as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Now they like to say like, Oh, you know, we always knew Shailene was smart. And it's like, well, yeah, but you know, in, in, in grade school, I wasn't always like, you know, the best student. I'm not good at sitting down and taking notes. I'm actually terrible. Um, and still I am to this day. And, um, (laughs) you can look at all of my notebooks, even though I've, you know, I have a couple of degrees, all my notebooks are basically drawings. Like that's what it is. Um, but you know, in high school, um, I was more focused on working with Native Wellness Institute and basketball and powwows. Those were my focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, I kind of lacked in school a little bit. I graduated with like a 1.8 GPA, actually, um, which is real rough. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. And, and so, you know, getting out of high school, my mom was like, yeah, you should, you know, go to college. I don't know, maybe it was more than a should, but uh, yeah, (laughs) I went to community college um, because I was never told in high school how to apply for college. Um, I was never told what the SATs were or um, what's the other one? Um, 
the GR or no, the ACT. Yeah. Yeah. I I never took either of those and I didn't know what they were. Um, I also predominantly went to a a predominantly white high school. There was a handful of us that were people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, that kind of speaks to, you know, the way that, you know, right. What you're in color, people of color get left behind. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, um, I went to community college and then they were, you know, asking like, what were your SAT scores? I was like, I don't even know what that is. Um, and then, so I brought my GPA up and, you know, I went to, I transferred to, um, a four year at Fort Lewis, um, and went to school there. And that was the first time that I was, well, how it all started. Cause I'm really family oriented. And I was like, I don't want to go too far away. Um, and then my uncle was like, Hey, there's this school in Colorado. If you apply, we'll visit you all the time. It'll be great. Um, still salty to this day. Cause he never came to visit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <But> <laughs> I moved to Colorado. Fort Lewis. Fort Lewis is kind of in the middle of nowhere. Right. Like it's kind of aware. Yeah. 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 I I got to visit last year and I was just like, I don't know if I could live here because it's just like, you're so like kind of secluded. I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, but it was hard for me because going from being able to travel every weekend or traveling so often for work, um, my family was like, no, you're not going to get a car. Um, you're just going to focus on school. And I was like, okay and then Mm. I got there like day one I was like turn this car around like take me home um you know but I finished there and I I you know I had some amazing mentors there um Dr. Majel Boxer and her sister Elise Boxer really taught me about um the system of education and and what our part can be and how it Mm. could benefit our communities um and this is where I found my love for law and I never went to law school, but yeah, um, you know, I always, you know, who knows? Maybe one. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but you know, federal Indian policy was a big thing for me. And so I, you know, put my focus there and, um, and I was like really working through school. And then at the very, towards the very end, um, you know, school was like an up and downhill battle. It's kind of like, it's a love hate relationship you know mm. uh, and well it's such a weird time of your life too when you're trying to just yeah. you're in your early 20s and you're just trying to figure out who, who you are so yeah there's get just that. so much going on and I just like you know I, I struggled in, in undergrad just kind of like not only being away um but like all your choices are your own like mm-hmm. you know um and being so far away from home um you know, it was just kind of like this weird transition time in my life, um, you know, trying to figure things out. And then randomly I had this idea and I was like, I'm going to get a master's. And then I like laughed at myself because I was like, this is a joke. Um, and then I was like talking to my advisor and she's like, yeah, we can do it. Um, so we looked at the programs and I was like, whatever the, I, well, this was also my way out. I was like, whatever the hardest program to get in, that's where I want to apply. Mm. Um, and cause I was in my mind, I was like, okay, if I don't get in, I can just go home and, you know, get back to work. Um, yeah. and then, you know, however it happened, I got accepted, um, to UCLA's program. And then I was just like, oh crap, now I have to get a master's. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go now. Yeah. Which, you know, it was this, this, this crazy thing. Like I graduated, um, in December. It was like a weird time. I came home 
and you know I was home for a while and in that um Chelsea Luger was it was the first time I had met her she'd come to the house for camp um and uh I was like sitting there at my computer and Dash was introducing her to all of us and he was like oh hey you know Chelsea can help you she's a writer and I was so nervous because it was like my, yeah what was it like your I don't know the your statement piece you know tell me your about thesis no your thesis. It was oh. before I got accepted oh. oh okay gotcha and I was like uh okay and but through that um I feel like we just you know we really bonded because not only did she learn a lot a lot about me is that we found like these similarities and um and so I always you know credit a piece of me getting in was to her writing abilities also you know Mm. her helping me out and um it was like this big like we had so many people in the house while I was writing this and they were like oh what about this oh what about this and so I would say like nothing I do is alone. Like even down to my thesis, I say we wrote it because, you know, I put in full interviews and I don't cut them. I don't edit them. You know, I just put them in there like raw when my grandma is talking or, you know, everything that I do is, is, is community-based. I don't do anything alone. I don't know how to do anything alone. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. Like I felt like my dissertation was like, I was like, this is everyone's work. This is not just my work. And it's, it does, it takes a village, really. That's so awesome. So, so you go to, from Portland to Durango, it's kind of remote, and you go to UCLA, which, like, what was that like? Uh, that I, was, still, I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah, it was another major transition. What I was really thankful for, though, is that at Fort Lewis, not only did I build, like, this community um, one of my friends who, you know, pushed me academically and, and also helped me believe that, you know, even to this day, it's weird is to be like, I'm an academic, um, right. you know, but pushed me to believe that, you know, I was and, and helped me along the way. He also applied to the same program, um, and some other schools, but we got to go together. Oh, that's great. Um, so yeah, it was like such a huge help. And then this is where I was mind blown. So I moved to LA I get set up in my apartment. Rent just completely sucks there. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I get set up and school didn't start for like another week or so. And we went to go see like where American Indian Studies was kind of housed, um, Cooper Hall. And mm. so we walked over there. The building was open. We were like, should we go in? Um, and then we went in. We went up the, the elevator and then found where it was housed and there was people in there. Um, so the, let's see, what was her title? Academic advisor, I think, um, was Clementine Bordeaux. And there was a couple of people in there. So, um, who became friends, but when we went there, we like peeked in and I was like, oh, hi, um, sorry, we're just checking it out. And then they were like, oh yes, like, we're so excited that you guys are here. And then, um, (laughs) the, the, this woman, Teresa, she's amazing. Um, she was like, I remember you. Do you remember me? And then I was like, um, cause anybody who uh, knows me, I have the worst memory. Like yeah. it's, it's quite awful. Um, and um, the amount of people you meet too. I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. And so like, I, I've been working really, really hard, like these last couple of years to really try and work on it, but it's just one too many concussions. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, not to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. So then I was like really thinking and I was like, what the, and she was like, you came to UCLA 
I think it was 2012. And that was actually the only time that I had really been on a college campus was in 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, So Robert Johnston, um, who I also work with, um, now work with, um, was bringing a basketball team up and he needed help with his girls team. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can help. So we went to UCLA for the basketball tournament. And while I was there, I had met Teresa and she told me that I should transfer and go to UCLA. And she was like, one day, you know, one day you'll get to UCLA. One day you will go here, all this stuff. And that was the first time that anybody had told me that I could, you know, go to a college like UCLA. Um, And so I was like kind of mind blown. And so meeting her day one of being on campus, it was just like, you know, everything had aligned, you know, and, and I was just like losing it. I was like, what are the odds? How big is that? That's a huge campus, right? Massive. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like this hill and it's just like, if you're, (laughs) you know, (laughs) if you have a class on North campus and South campus right after, like you're running. Um, Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just think that everything worked out the way that it was supposed to. And um, I'm always so grateful for that opportunity. And, and also just, you know, being in a space like that, being reaffirmed that we do belong there and also just like creating space with other indigenous people. Like it was, it was just epic is what it was. You know, there was just so much going on all the time. And I think it was, I mean, it was also hard. I think like, you know, so much, so much happened in that year, whether it was like loss or, you know, just dealing with like school and, you know, you know, community stuff while working at the same time. So I would go to class Monday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, I would leave work for Friday, travel to somebody's community, work Friday, Saturday, fly back Sunday, so I can go to class Monday, you know, and all these things like, there was just so much happening. And in my mind, I think also just being in a master's program like UCLA, I also felt like I had to do it all. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I didn't figure that balance out quite till towards the end um, is that I could take breaks and I could say no to things, Um, which, you know, I'm still learning still. It's, 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 Oh, I, I was just saying yesterday, like, I don't, I'm not good at saying no. Yeah. Um, that's a really hard one for me. So I told it's a daily, it's a daily battle, right? It's, it's hard. And so, you know, finding that balance through that time while also going from a place like Durango to a place like LA, they're like polar opposites. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just like the, the hustle and bustle of LA life. Um, I was really thankful to have my cousin Martin and, um, you know, my, who I consider my sister Beth and Tazba there um, to really help me navigate certain spaces or you know just to be there to watch movies and eat burritos you know (laughs) yeah I'm just always thankful for you know like I said I don't do anything alone yeah that's that's so awesome and so when did you kind of cross paths with N7 and Nike dang that was really early dang when did N7 start Right. It's almost, I think it's been like 20 years, like when Sam like really started like the air native and all that it's been, I was trying to find like the official date, but it's been a while. Cause I was there in 2012. 
And I remember seeing you at the store. (laughs) So I knew you were like, you were in then for sure. So I would, I would say probably around high school, you were probably in high school or so or probably earlier. Who knows? Yeah. I was in high school. I remember when it started. Dang, that seems like forever ago. Right. Uh, We're old. (laughs) I'm I'm old. I should say not you. I'm old. I feel old sometimes. My body is just like falling apart. Um, yeah, we were there from, you know, the get-go. Um, Sam and Jackie, well, Jackie is from the same community that I'm from. Um, oh, yeah. And so when she moved out here, I think quite literally the day that I met Jackie, my mom was like, hey, can you watch the kids really quick? And my mom, like, left us with her. And then from then, she's been family. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've been there for, you know, doing community events here in Portland, um in the Beaverton area um I think you know the work that N7 does and the work that we do um is really cohesive and so you know we've always partnered on a lot of different things and um and been a support and you know they support us as well through like the grant and you know our annual wellness warrior camp um you know I think we just kind of we bounce off each other and we work really well together so it's been a long-standing relationship and you know, the people that work with N7, I consider them family as well. Like, you know, I've known them yeah. a long time and um, super grateful for their work too. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. I've, I've kind of, we've kind of been on social media friends since that, since that time, you know, almost 10 years ago now. And it's like, it's been so cool to watch you kind of evolve and just like, just, I'm, you know, so proud to see. And it just, I mean, there was never any doubt, but it was, it was really cool to see you kind of like go from like high school kid to, you know where you are now where you're like yeah yeah yes for sure so um so after UCLA did you were you like did you have any plan about like coming back to Portland or were you kind of just like traveling or was it a little bit everything yeah well um my first year I came back and um in that summer a, a lot happened but um within that summer we had our annual wellness warrior camp Um, so this was three years ago now. Um, but it was basically the birth of this project that we had started the indigenous 20 somethings project. Yeah. So we were in Grand Ron where our camp is held and there were 17 of us, you know, volunteering, some of us working. Um, and it was suggested that we have this conversation and facilitated by us. So, um, Jordan and Rachel Cocker both um, facilitated this and there was just so many of us that were um, you know in different areas of expertise and doing you know so many things um, and so the conversation was based on these two questions of how does we as individuals heal and how do we bring that to our generation um, so we had people from you know the states from Canada from New Zealand um, all over you know a really diverse group And from that conversation, we were like, okay, well, you know, what are we going to do with this? And so we, you know, started this project underneath NWI. um, And from, we thought it would be a slow, gradual start. We didn't know necessarily, we kind of saw a gap, right? Like there is stuff for youth. And then there's people who are like solidified in their careers, right? Um, So we were like, well, let's kind of fill that gap. Um, And we did. And then from then it was just like, it took off and it was fast paced, um, which is why I was like writing my thesis. And then I would go travel somewhere. And, you know, majority of my thesis was written in the air. 
um, you know, on planes and, you know, all this stuff. So leaving university after I graduated, um, I did go home, but I was never really home. Like my stuff was just, some of it was in LA, some of it, I still have like a futon in Colorado. It's <laughs> like at this point, do whatever with like, I'm so sorry, it's still there. Um, and then stuff in Oregon, you know, just stuff all over the place. And um, it was just traveling, like being home four or five days of the month, you know? Um, and, you know, it's just a fast paced life, which I'm used to. So, um, you know, moving home was the best move for me. Um, and then I'm even more thankful that I'm home um, because this pandemic hit and yeah. I couldn't imagine, you know, living by myself or, you know, I think I'm, I'm so like people oriented that like when I'm by myself, it's just, it's a train wreck. I, I yeah. overthink everything. And then I'm just like, Oh God, like yeah. the amount of people that we have here at the house, like I still struggle. Cause I'm so used to seeing so many people so often that like, this is a whole new thing to get used to and to get yeah. comfortable with, you know? And it's just your immediate family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just wild. And I wonder, I'm going to make you tap into your kind of your professional brain. Well, I mean, this is all personal too, but like when people, cause and I love indigenous 20 something. Cause I feel like that time of your life is the time when you're really figuring out like, Oh, like I'm a feminist or I'm like, you know, I'm a Democrat or I'm, a, you know, and you like really figure out like the things like you're away from your parents. So you're like kind of not burdened by that, but you're also like not, you know, learning so much new stuff. And I know a big one for like native people is this kind of ideal of intergenerational trauma. And so I was wondering if you could just kind of speak on that for someone who may not know what that even means. And like, how, how do you work with, you know, I, cause I, I know I was this way. I was like kind of in denial, you know, like all these things, like, it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm fine. Like it's, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't affect me. And like, um, so I would love to hear kind of like, cause I think that's the age group too, that like, it's, from going from a kid youth to an adult is like you're kind of trying to reckon with that and make sense of it yeah I think for me it's like really sitting with it but also knowing that you have to think about it in an abundance-based lens otherwise man it'll just it'll drag you <laughs> it's it's tough stuff you know um I think we have I think we hear these te terms so often that these blanket terms are just like, meh, yeah, okay, you know, they're there, yeah. whatever. Um, but the way that I think about it is, you know, historical and intergenerational trauma in the way that it plays out now is through behaviors. It's always played out through behaviors. But you have to think about why do those, you know, behaviors come out or how does our trauma play out now? Some are socially acceptable ways, you know, whether you're like an overachiever um, or a perfectionist, you know, those are socially acceptable ways that trauma can play out mm -hmm. um you know and then there's other ways that are like not socially acceptable um I think there's just so many things that you know go into it and looking if we want to look historically um you know in the sense that another blanket term like boarding school but what does that mean for our people what happened like what quite literally happened at boarding school right so, so much different than like a white you know, upper class six per perspective of a boarding yeah. school. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, right, you take a generation of people and you put them into boarding school to make them learn something different that they, than they've been learning their entire lives. And then you put them back into their communities, whether that's years later, right? It's going to change people in the way that you're taught. Um, and so then those, that generation has kids and they teach their kids differently than they were raised, right? And so what are those disconnects that happen? A lot of the time in our work, we hear like, you know, why don't you just get over it? And it's like, okay, well, I mean, we have to move through things. Yes. But what is that it? What is Mm -hmm. the it that we have to get over? What are those traumas? What are those long lasting impacts that we've had being passed down from generation to generation while also adding on to the contemporary traumas that each generation, you know, has to deal with? Right. What we're living in now is going to be completely different. And the way that we cope or we go through this is inherently going to affect this next generation. And so, you know, if we continue to ignore our own traumas or what create understanding, right, of what the generations before us have gone through, then we are then passing those things on as well. And so that was kind of the the goal of I-20SP, the Indigenous 20-somethings project, was to end those ongoing negative impacts is to create understanding and to be trauma-informed um, and and just kind of, you know, create understanding, I think. And it helps you in so many ways. Like for me, like I used to take things so personal as a kid and, and it's hard not to. Um, but as I, you know, I began to really listen and, you know, watch the work that my mom was doing and that my mentors were doing, it helped me understand other people, not only like in my family or like, you know, people that I work with or, you know, whatever else, but strangers on the street. Like if they're yelling at you, that's their own stuff. You know, that's their own trauma. I even think about like watching the news is hard, right? Like watching the news is hard, but also like, you know, with a trauma informed lens, that's what they were brought up with. And if they're reacting and not responding, but if they're reacting in a certain type of way, that's their own stuff coming out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it's, you know, I I just think there's, there's so much and it doesn't excuse the behavior. That's the biggest thing. It explains the behavior. It doesn't excuse, but it explains the behavior. Yeah. And I think that's, what's, you know, most important. And what I'm so thankful about for this work is that NWI and and having that foundation has helped me navigate other spaces a little bit easier Mm. and, um, and, you know, try and create understanding of, you know, this is their stuff. I don't have to take that on, which can be hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. We're such, our culture, our society is such a me, me, me culture that it's like, you're kind of, your brain, I feel like is trained to think, well, that's about me because they're, they're have a bad attitude because of me. Like, what did I do to cause that? But it's like, actually, no, this person's probably going through something that has nothing to do with you. And I tell, I, when I was starting at uh, my PhD in teaching, uh, this was a big one for me. It was like, I had friends who were teaching, like we were all just like thrown into the water teaching undergrad classes. And, um, and everyone was freaking out like, oh my God, I did this. Or I, I think they were laughing at me. And I'm like, Girl, as soon as you, they, those students leave the classroom, they are not thinking about you once. Like, they're just worried about when's the next time I got to go to class. And yeah. that that's, like, a, one example. But I love what you mentioned earlier about, like, the SAT and the ACT and stuff. Because, like, it's kind of like the power structures, too, right? Like, the way, the, you know, white supremacy and all these things that, like, are just so embedded. And I'll, I hate that 
the things that had to happen this summer happened or this earlier this year, but like the, the movement around Black Lives Matter and all this stuff is just helping us for really forcing us, I think, to have those conversations of like, what does it mean to have privilege? And, you know, and it's, it's, it's really important. And the work you guys have been doing for, you know, 20 years, it's like, that's kind of the basis of it, I feel like. And I just, I, I, I love it. And I think I, I always wish like I would have known more earlier, you know, it's like, it's, it's so great that you've been able to kind of like live it and like be able to, to pass that on. And I, I loved what you guys did with uh, the youth movement, the I-20SP did the, the training. Right. And I think that was one of the first ones you guys did online, right? Yeah. Early on. That's kind yeah. Of- Yep. <laughs> yeah. So what is, how has that affected? Like, so, you know, family life too, but have you guys shifted to a lot of online and yeah. have you learned any, like, I'm, I'm, this is my online teacher trying to learn too. Like, have you learned any like best practices with, with doing that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. So we have, um, from the beginning, I think it was like three days into the like original lockdown, like when the pandemic began. Um, well, my mom and I actually were in Florida when oh, states got their first three cases. I think and, I remember that too, because I was like, oh no, she's in Florida. Yeah, and we were like, oh crap. Like, because yeah. we flew over and they were like, oh, the states don't have any cases. And we were like, okay, but we need to be real careful. Like we put in all of these like best practices, like, no shaking hands, no high fives. We added more tables to the room. So people were like three people to a table, um, you know, far away from each other, hand sanitizer, you know, the whole thing. And um, while we were there, um, we were like watching the news every night. And then they were like, there are three cases and they're in Washington. And I was like, no. So I was like looking at our flights, like making sure we had a direct flight home. Um, And we did. And right when we got home, we were like, okay, you know, we had meetings with NWI, like, what are we going to do? Um, so we started the Native Wellness Power Hour. And mm. in our minds, I don't know what we were thinking, but I mean, it was great. But um, we were like, we'll do them seven days a week to help people get through this because we knew that an already traumatized people are going to be re-traumatized by this, right? And I've never been in a pandemic before. Um, Many of us haven't. (laughs) And right. So, you know, what does that mean? So we started the power hour every day, noon Pacific time, so many different topics. So we kicked that off. Um, And then from there we were like, okay, well we have training set up. Um, And we started to kind of postpone, 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 keep pushing them out. Um, And then eventually we were just like, okay, we're going to cancel through December like no trainings um, for, you know, the safety of the people who work with us. Um, But also, you know, people have to go back to communities. Um, And then we were like, okay, you know, what are the moves that we're going to do now? And we moved online. And so Josh and I were, um, you know, doing one of the first trainings with youth movement. Um, And, you know, I thought it went fairly well. Um, but since then, we've just been like learning so much and, you know, what is Zoom etiquette? And like, now we joke and we're like, oh, our host community, Zoom, uh, yeah. right? Like, you know, yeah. um, and, and it also like allows us to do, I don't know if it's like the best, but even more work. Like you can be in so many more communities online now. Um, yeah. 
And so, you know, figuring out what games you can play and, and still creating those um, interactions with people, making sure people have their camera and um, audio on to make sure that we can still, you know, connect in these certain types of ways. Because our, our work is so focused on interaction. Right. Um, and so transitioning that to online was, you know, a bit of a struggle at first, just trying to like figure it out. Um, and, but now I think we have like a pretty good groove. We try and keep the numbers fairly small. Um, we had our youth camp online and that was like 150 youth, which was like a fairly big group. Yeah. Um, but overall it went well. And so we've just been like, you know, making sure that we open the space and that we're, you know, we're communicating well. Um, we use like the chat feature, uh, yeah. you know, there's just so many ways to, to go about it. And, you know, also like saying in the beginning that, you know, nothing, none of this is, is easy. And so if you have to stand up and exercise while we, you know, speak, or if you want to take us into your kitchen and you cook while we speak, that's fine. You know, right. um, all of this is, is a transition period and it's going to be, um, like this, I think for a while. So, you know, we've yeah. just been making the adjustments as, as it goes and, and finding ways to still interact and, and stay connected with people all over. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it is wild because I think that was probably your really great decision because it like, like we're getting ready to go back to school and it's at first it was like, all right, we're going to be in person. We're going to make it. And then now everyone's kind of freaking out, like, um, things aren't better. And, you know, so I, I'm, I'm not as optimistic that we'll be in person in, in a month. And I think that I'm, I'm basically kind of like counting the rest of the years basically just because, um, you know, people can't get their, get their stuff together. But, um, that's, I think you, yeah, you have to kind of adapt and, kind of I think too about like the community you're serving too and how you know like you said like you let them you know cook while they're doing because you know you're just kind of you're trying to fit into their lives and so that's that's really great um uh and so uh people can't see you but I can see you're wearing the new in seven t um the new collection just came out last month uh, it was on uh, Indigenous Peoples Day for um, First Nations up there and neighbors to the north. Um, how um, did you get involved with the campaign this this past year? Yeah, that was kind of, it was just like a wild journey. It happened so fast, I feel like. Um, it started, like, honestly, um, Tracy Jackson, who's an incredible designer, um, came over and just, I mean, she was called it an interview, but really it was like, us just talking about the work that we do. And we were like, the lights were off. We were just like chilling in my living room and we were just like visiting. And part, part of it was about work and part of it was just, you know, about our own journeys, um, you know, collectively. And, um, and then, you know, forgot about it, continued on with life and then got an email. And then they were just like, Hey, like this is, this is a go like months and months later. And we were like, oh, dang. And it just, it happened so fast. Um, and so, you know, Tomas Carmelo Amaya and Josh Cocker, Chelsea Luger, Thosh Collins and myself, um, you know, we we got together and we started putting this, you know, this campaign together. Um, and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what was the, like, what was like the general ideal or like what, when you and Tracy talk, like what was kind of the, 
what was it just like about kind of just spreading your work into yeah a little bit we were just talking about like you know from an abundance-based lens and talking about healing because I think you know when people think in general like when people talk about healing or think we're going to talk about healing it's like you know standing in a circle and singing and holding hands you know what I mean kumbaya Yeah. yeah 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 but like changing that narrative up and and really just talking about the work um you know, even as a person who lives, lives this work and this life and like continuously, um, you know, is just surrounded by it. I myself have my own struggles and, you know, how do I work through that? Even now, like in this last like week and a half, I've had to go back to the basics, like to really just trying to find some sort of balance in my life. And so that's kind of like what we were talking about was like, what does, you know, our healing journeys look for, look like for us? What does living in balance look like for us? And we were talking about like plants and, you know, what being outside does, what does land-based do for us? Mm -hmm. Um, And then it was like, you know, the birth of this collection, Tracy, you know, Tracy snapped on this one, like just, you know, I love the colors and, and the ideology and everything behind it. And so we kind of formed, you know, we just merged our work together, basically, and wanted to talk about living in balance. What does that look like holistically, um, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, Um, you know, and we created, then they were, then they were like, all right, it's going to be a four video series campaign. And I was like, what? Like N7 has never had the opportunity or has never pushed so much content before, Um, so then I was like, oh God, pressure's on. We yeah. got this. Um, and you did it remotely, right? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. They would send us stuff. I only wish I could just like show everybody the process. Cause not only like were we building this, they would send us stuff in the mail and I would have to build a set in my house. And we filmed ourselves. The photos that Josue took were over Zoom. Um, <laughs> It was just like, it was so production is such people don't understand. Like production is such work. And like, I think people were starting to get it when like Conan O'Brien, like all the, like, um, you know, the guys were trying to do late night and like, they looked so crappy and they're like, how is this possible? And I was like, yeah, it's, it's production. Like it's, 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 it is a, it is a full like thing. That's so crazy. I can't, that's, that's so awesome. That's so it was like, you know, a lot of being on the phone, a lot of being in front of a screen. Um, but honestly, like, you know, Tomas and Josh, Tosh and Chels, like, you know, they put so much work in, so much love into the project that like, I knew working alongside them that it would be a success and, you know, that it would become something beautiful. And, you know, working with them helped me feel a little bit more at peace and, mm-hmm. and and balance kind of my own life out. So, you know, working with them is just, it's so easy because not only do we like, you know, we, we think similar, we love the work, um, but we can get right into, we don't have to do like the surface talk. It's just like, right. boom, we can get into it. We've just the small built, talk. You know, yeah. Yeah. We built such a foundation that, you know, I'm really thankful for those relationships. Um, and I consider them all family, you know, I just think the work that they did, every time I see them on the screen, I'm like, oh, yes. Like, yeah. you know, just, just that, so thankful. I have to tell you, I, I, I've been listening to them before I go to sleep. And it's just like such a, like, 
great because I'm the kind of person too that's like on their phone in bed you know like I I need to like step away and so like I last you know a couple last couple nights I just been like watching them before I go to bed and I'm like it's just such a night like meditative like just chill out and so I it's it's amazing and like and I thought you guys did them all remotely and I was like that is really impressive because you can't really tell honestly um and it's just that's, that's so awesome and yeah like it's like okay in seven's first content push let's do it in the middle of a pandemic sounds yeah. Yeah. sounds about right that's awesome that's so awesome and then just like um, everybody else that was involved like how much content they pushed like how many people were involved like the thompson brothers and like you know homegirl jude you know and tazba yeah. and abu like you know I just think it was such an incredible time because, you know, not only like representation matters, like, you know, so many movements were happening at the same time. And along with the change the name campaign, like all of us wholeheartedly believe in that. And then at the end of the campaign push, Nike pulled everything off the shelves. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And like, this is it. And, And then it was, and now here they are like, the name is being changed and, you know, there's just so much happening and, you know, the, the community at large, just indigenous people at large and the black community, like, you know, I think indigenous people, one thing is like centering the black community, but also being so grateful for the work that they have done that has, you know, created space for us as well to be able to do this work, you know? And I think, absolutely. there's just, there's just so much. And I think together, collectively, if we all just kind of listen and learn from one another, so much more work can be done. And that's what I'm, you know, so grateful for. And, and really like anything is possible, you know, and mom always says, you know, if you want something, speak it into existence and go from there. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's crazy. Like I never honestly thought I'd see the day with the Washington team and I still am kind of in disbelief. Uh, and I know like, I'm, I'm I don't want to like beat a dead, you know, beat a dead horse or for lack of a better term, but like, obviously it's something that we've all wanted for a while, but do you, I was just curious if you had any, like any little anecdotes or anything specifically around the mascot stuff that you wanted to share. Yeah, I think, I mean, it was just like, it was, it was perfect timing because as someone who was even doing that campaign, I didn't think it was real in my head. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And when I watched Tazba, so Tazba is someone who I just like love and adore and completely look up to. And when I saw her video, I was like in my room by myself and I was just like, yeah, like, you know, cheering her on. And when she was talking about how like, you know, representation matters and, and thinking about her younger self and how there are people who look like us on screen on such a platform, right? Something along those lines. I was like, yeah, this is crazy. Like native people are being seen on such a different level. And then I was like texting her about it and she was like, yeah, you know, and then somebody else was like, hello, like you're in this campaign as well. And I was like, oh my God. Then I kind of panicked a little bit and then I was like, oh God. Um, But I think, you know, when it comes to mascots, like, people are not mascots. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and that's just as the simplicity of it. And I think representation matters so much that I think it was just like, my mom always says like, there are no coincidences and that when we're on a platform like Nike talking about healing, talking about, you know, abundance-based work, 
and, you know, representing our communities and so many indigenous people representing their communities collectively. And then the, the change the name campaign really takes off. But I mean, what people also don't know, or maybe they do know, you know, unless you're, you know, not in the indigenous community is that this work has been going for years, like decades, decades, and so many lawsuits. And, you know, I, I just think, you know, right now it's, it's really taking off and I'm just, you know, super thankful that I hope also other teams who have, you know, names that even if you're, if you, if you have to question it and it's like, uh, then, you know, it probably means you have to change your name. Um, you know, I think that's one of the beauties of what's happening right now is that the indigenous community knows and, um, and other people are, are hearing it and seeing it now. And, um, and there's a lot to be said, you know, colonialism is so deeply ingrained in communities, multiple communities, wherever you're from that, um, sometimes we just let things go. Cause it's just like, eh, well, okay, whatever. But now people are really having to have those conversations and, um, reconsider even, you know, our own thought patterns and to unlearn and relearn. Um, and I think that's the beauty of this time is that wherever we're from or however we grew up is that right now is the best opportunity or prime opportunity to unlearn and relearn certain things um, right. and to be okay with that and to be okay with being wrong and say, you know, I learned it this way, but now I understand that that's not right. And, or it's problematic or whatever it may be and that we can, do the work ourselves, not rely on other people to teach us, but do the work ourselves to, um, to learn, whether it's reading a book or people who are visual watching that documentary, or, you know, if people are continuously telling you that something you're doing is problematic, don't get defensive or reactive, but respond to and understand where that's coming from. Um, cause it's hard. It's hard to be told you're wrong. Yeah. And it's yeah. even harder to be like, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? To like, it's not the norm yeah, to admit to admit it. Yeah. yeah, and like just to have some empathy, empathy, and like, mm-hmm. you know, it's and you, you know, you can't. There's so much you can't control with the mascot. Like, you can't con- you can't control what fans do. You can't control what opposing fans do. We've all seen the ugly stuff, and like, it's called a fan for a reason because they're fanatic, and there's a little bit of crazy in there, and so it's you and it you know and and we all love sports and like sports are supposed to be fun and like I was telling someone I was just like you know natives we don't want to be this like negative get rid of thing like you like you said we are an abundant space people and we want to we want to have fun and we want you to have fun with your sports but don't make it at the expense of, of us you know so I think that yeah you really you really nailed it and it's it's so great to finally see people finally like understanding like it doesn't matter what a poll says. Like, it doesn't matter if someone says they're, you know, and, and I always kind of live by the rule too. If one person's offended by something, you shouldn't do it. Like, it's pretty simple, but it's more about the, you know, the bigger dehumanization and the, the bigger like picture. I think that it's not just about offense, but it's about how you treat, just treat this group of people. And um, it's, 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 it's kind of amazing. I can't, can't believe. And Oregon, I've been proud of, they've kind of been on the forefront of like, you know, banning it for high schools and you know, doing more Native American education because in the South, like it, and then the East Coast, you just don't, you don't see it. Like you just, it's so, people don't know real Native Americans point blank. Like they don't, that's all they, that's all they know. So 
Um, uh, and I'll make sure to um, post all the links we've been talking about in the, in the show notes and everything like that. But before I let you go, I was curious, is there one thing specifically that you're like most looking forward to post like COVID quarantine? Yeah, definitely. The two things, I mean, they're both the same, but yeah. one is being able to go see my family. Um, oh, Just man, pick up and go. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a really big one. And then two is, um, that, I mean, I work with them, but they're also my family, like going to see my friends. Um, a lot of, uh, the crew that I work with have had kids during this time. Yeah. And so, you know, going to meet all the new babies is, yeah. is a big one for yeah. me. Um, yeah, I think just reconnecting with people is, is the, is the big one that I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for. And yeah. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a while. So I think, you know, trying not to be necessarily sad about it, but, you know, finding what the new normal is going to be for a while. Cause exactly. it's not only exactly. for my safety, but you know, if I leave and, you know, don't follow, you know, what's recommended, I I'm risking, you know, the lives of, you know, so many people that I care about. So Right. And the good thing is, I think that we have this time now that we're, we're, it's not going to be normal. It's going to be a new normal. It's going to be something that's better. And like, let's just focus on how we can, you know, make it better. So I think that's um, great, great ideas. And I'm with you. There's a ton of new babies I need to meet and ton of, you know, people, you just like hugs. I'm a hugger. I just miss like, like uh, my partner I'm sure is sick of me like every day be like hug me because <laughs> I need like my hug my interaction so um yeah and then like just like you know what's weird too is like ice cream cones like I don't do ice cream cones at places anymore because of the sanitary thing so like actually having like an ice cream cone is like one thing especially because it's summer you know so definitely looking looking forward to that but um no Shailene this is great I I'm definitely I think we're gonna need to make you a regular guests so we can uh and we'll definitely like do an update hopefully later this year and um see what kind of i would love to hear more about like feedback and things that have happened uh, within seven but um i can't wait for everyone who hasn't seen to check that stuff out and um just keep doing the great work and i'm looking forward to working together with you because i think we have a lot of intersections once i gonna be back back out in oregon in two weeks for like hopefully permanently um so um, I'm really looking forward to being right there in, you know, Grand Round territory and hopefully getting involved and making just, you know, education and all that good stuff. So awesome. awesome. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Was yeah. Like- awesome. Fast. 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 Fast.